With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. Yo, what up, folks? Welcome in. Hardwood Handicappers back after a day off. NBA Finals Game 3 quickly approaches. It's coming up later today. Kelly Bidlin is here to discuss that and more. I actually wanted to start with a little more because we did have uh, some stuff come down. Not the Zion Williamson conversation. We cannot have the Zion Williamson conversation. <laughs> not talk um, about that on this podcast, no. No, no. I mean, I would I would love to break it all down, to be quite honest with you, but uh, not the not the medium in which to do that. Twitter's uh, no. so awesome and so terrible at the same time. It's just yeah, amazing. It's, I got to tell you, I'm glad I'm not famous. <laughs> For real. Tell you that, not that I'm running around doing Zion Williamson stuff, but, <laughs> man, it's uh, it's quite the place to be if you're famous and you, you slip up like our guy Zion did. Uh, no, I actually wanted to talk about something that did come across my Twitter feed yesterday. Something else has been expanded upon it. Before we get to the NBA Finals breakdown, just a quick conversation because this is something that has the potential to completely like change the landscape of the NBA season. I'm talking about 2023-2024. And that would be, of course, one Damian Lillard. And this is, is somewhat important too, Kelly, because the draft is quickly approaching. The Portland Trailblazers have to decide what they're going to do with the third overall pick. So this is going to be something that is, I would say, that's comes to a resolution sooner rather than later. So let's start with what I saw yesterday. Um, Damian Lillard appeared on a show sports, and I, I think it's like one of the sports shows that they have. I don't know what the name is. Uh, but when, ta- when asked about essentially winning in Portland and all that kind of stuff, the future there, said, quote, I want to have an opportunity to win in Portland. We got an opportunity, asset-wise, to build a team that can compete. If we don't do that, then it's a separate conversation we would have to have. Now, that also comes um, right before what we saw today, which was he was essentially asked, like, who would you pick amongst these three, these four teams? And he says Miami. All this being said, the steam is starting to pick up on the future of the Portland Trailblazers and what they're going to do. I am 100% in the camp of, not 99%, not 98 100% in the camp of Portland should trade Damian Lillard. I think it makes all the sense in the world. I think you have the assets not to build a team to compete, as Damian Lillard put it, but to build a team of the future. Can you imagine a core of Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, and Shaden Sharp? That's a freaking awesome core to have if you're the Portland Trailblazers to look forward to. And that's not even including guys like Nasir Little and others who are going to be really good role players for them. Damian Lillard, what have you made of this scenario? And I know you have odds for this because we've seen a shift here in the last, uh, what, couple of days? Yeah, 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 we have. Uh, did you see the video with him talking about it yesterday? The, no. the, okay, so it is definitely one of those videos. I did watch it. it. It is definitely one of those videos. I want to say that, like, the the quotes can be taken. Like, there was, oh, a, to- there was a tone by Damian Lillard, right? And okay. the, tone, the tone from Damian Lillard was basically the same tone we've always heard, where it's, I be- like, he, I, believe, I believe him when it was, his tone was, 
I think we can win here. I've always thought we can win here. We, yes, we need to do some work this summer, but we have the pieces that we can win at Portland. And really, really, JVT, I don't really think he really didn't even bring up playing anywhere else. Like it was, I, the, I've never even thought of it. No, you know, it's that was the Tony's giving off at least of like the, I'm a blazer. We're going to restructure things to win here. And just made that comment then basically briefly at the end of like, look, if it ends up being something else has to happen where I leave, then we have that conversation when that time arrives. So that's the first thing I want to bring up because I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm the guy who for years has been, has been pleading. Okay. Damian Lillard, like you did it, man. Like bravo to you. I'm one of those guys that kind of, was hard on Kevin Durant when he left OKC for Golden State, where it's, hey, you want to say you're one of the best in the world, but you can't, like, you can't, you know, man up and try to put that ownership on yourself to build something in Oklahoma City, right? You're going to take the easy way out and go join Steph and Clay. So mm-hmm. I have always held Damian Lillard, Lillard in such high regard for staying at Portland. But even for me, John, like, he, it hit a point where it was, okay, dude, you've done everything you can here. Like, you don't owe anything more to this franchise, this city, go to a winner. You're still, you're still in the, on the back end of your prime, but you're in your prime. You're still a very, very good player in the NBA. Like go somewhere, win a ring. And, and who knows? Maybe it turns into a few years. You know, you never know um, with these guys I and mean, guys like him, guys like LeBron and obviously LeBron older, but like, yeah, I, I do think it's the, you got to take it a, a year at a time kind of at this point when these guys get up there in age. So I've always been that guy, but we're in a situation now, like you said, where he'd need to be traded. I just can't imagine, man, with everything that guy's devoted to that city, like the Blazers being cutthroat enough to do it. And I agree with you, though, they should. Right on paper, it makes the most sense. It's, I don't think, I don't think there's any question about it. I take ill will. Like, bro, I'm sorry, but we're talking about my job if I'm in the front office. And what are you realistically building? with that third overall pick. What are you getting? Who are you getting? Right? Like one of the things that's been thrown out there that actually I would love for this to happen. Um, one of the it, things that's been thrown out, out, I guess is the answer to that, but no, of course, like that's the thing is, so you trade the third overall pick. So one of the things that, that, that has been thrown out there would, it was uh, trading the third pick to the Los Angeles Clippers for Paul George. You know what? As a Clippers fan, I'll take it. Scoot Henderson. Like they desperately need mm-hmm. a point guard of that nature with Kawhi Leonard and the rest of the pieces they could put there and getting Paul George off the books. So that'll allow you to build. That'd be great. Let me ask you, Kelly, Damian Lillard and Paul George with Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic. What is that team to you? Uh, top four team. Sure. In the Western conference, maybe if things go right for you, you can get through it, but I, I don't, Doesn't I, guarantee is, I, I don't know what that team yeah. is. I don't think that team's winning. Right. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. No, I hear what you're saying. I, I think it's uh I, well, it's funny, man. It's, I think you could get more, even more for that, for that third pick. But, like, I, mean, I, I get your your overall point is it's not like you're going to grab a, a super young superstar that's going to be able to carry on after Dame leaves okay. and rebuild Because you have this. to think about, like, who's theoretically available, too, right? Yeah, like, who, yeah. who would be available? Jalen Brown? You know, I, I got into a big argument with Patrick about the, the value of Jalen Brown, you know, a couple of days ago when I was filling on on short money. Like Jalen, I like Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's not pushing you over the edge if you're the Portland Trailblazers. Who else is okay, available so that you could theoretically the, go and grab? I think the Jalen Brown conversation is interesting because you know you know I'm high on Jalen Brown, but yeah. I think I think it's a catch twenty two because I don't think if you're Boston, 
I don't think you want to trade Jalen Brown. Like I like you you have the pieces to win now for win for a long time if you're Boston. Why the hell you should not be breaking this up? I still believe that even after what just happened. But I also do kind of agree with you. I don't think Jalen Brown going to Portland pushes them over the top either. I think he's a great player, but I don't think I don't think he's a guy that pushes you over the top. Nor is he probably that true, pure number one guy that you want to build around after Dame's gone. Right? That's my point. Like if you could get a I don't know if you could get someone like a Zion Williamson that you knew was always going to be healthy. I was going back to Zion again. (laughs) If you knew he was always going to be healthy, that's the big if there, obviously. Like something like that makes sense where it's okay. Dane plays with him for a couple years and leaves. And then it's his team after that. Right. I think if there's a situation like that out there, that could make some sense. But I don't. I don't have that answer for you. <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't have the answer right. who that player is. <laughs> the the two the two players from Toronto have been mentioned: Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi. Doesn't but again, you, like that's doesn't put you over the top. What does that do for yep. Dame now? Yeah, does, exactly. And that's why I keep going through it. the The biggest thing. I mean, the craziest thing you can do is acquire Joel Embiid somehow. But then again, let's say let's say they pull that off. Let's say they get Joel Embiid. But then you're the Phoenix Suns, where you have to ship off everything. <laughs> To go get Joel Embiid. It's the third overall pick. It's Jaden Sharp. It's Anthony Simons. It, you know what I mean? It's all of these, Blazers. like, good, yeah, it's Nasir Little. And then all of a sudden you're looking around and you're like, all right, let's go sign. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, let's go get some was, pieces to fill out the rest of this roster, but we still have Damon Joel. So that was Dame's point, actually, in that same interview when he was talking about him getting traded. Like, where he was like, what would that team look like? Like, like we talk about these theoretical championship teams I could be traded to, but how much would they have to give up for me? And, and like, I don't think it's, it's not, it wasn't but, him t- talking selfishly. It's him talking, being realistic about what his contract is. But the it's, difference, go ahead. No, I was just saying, he was bringing that up about like, hey, like everybody wants to bring up these situations of where I would be great at, but how much trading me does that team, does it ruin what's already, what, the pieces that are already in place there? And he brought he brought up the Durant, the Durant trade as a comparison. Um, and it, it's, it's it, you know, it, it's, it was talking about that and yeah, there was something else he said, but that was kind of his big point where it's like, everybody always talks about this, but they don't, like, I think he was expressing, Expressing that he does think there is some kind of infrastructure of players good to go in Portland that he would be worried about going to a place that would have to trade away everything that he would want there. And here, my rebuttal to Damian Lillard would be, given where Portland's at, they don't necessarily need players. They'll take young players back with whatever it is, but it's about draft assets and getting that. So my rebuttal would be, you're going to go to a place that would be largely intact, say for maybe one or two young stars. Like for example, Philadelphia, I don't know. And this is just, again, we're just surmising here, but Philadelphia, like part of that would be Tyrese Maxey, right? Because Harden's going to be gone, whatever. So like part of it would probably be Tyrese Maxey, Damian Lillard, and then we'll see what goes from there. But you still have Joel Embiid, you still have him, um, and you still have some relatively decent depth, DeAnthony Melton, again, assuming that Melton's not going to be part of it. But regardless, to your overall point, to Dame's overall point, like it's it's all fake trades and whatnot. We don't know what's going to happen, but I would just say that the window makes so much more sense for Portland to trade Damian Lillard to just just trade him, get draft assets, and maybe some young players with upside, and move on because that's whatever trade you're making, as Damian puts it, like that's not putting him over the top. So it'll be interesting to see. You mentioned that you know the odds and the terms of the change for him. It, it just it has has the potential to be a kind of a landscape changing move next season. Yeah. Whatever team is going to get him, if there's going to be another team, they're going to shoot to near the top of the leaderboard in terms of the 
um, odds to win an NBA championship. Yeah, and those odds are okay. Well, well, first before I go through these, wait, so the so the what did we catch today on it on the he was asked about he was asked about being about preferred destinations, but was only given three options, right? It was, it was Brooklyn, Miami, um, New York, and I think there was a fourth one in there that I can't remember. But yeah, that was Boston. You said. Yeah, Boston. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So okay. So four, and he's and he replied with Miami, Brooklyn between before uh, of those of those four, right? Yeah. Miami okay, so, was first. Brooklyn was second. Okay. Current odds are Damian Lillard back to the uh, you know to where he will play his first minute next season. Blazers minus two fifty. Nets uh, eight to one. Heat ten to one. Sixers <laughs> ten to one. Celtics fourteen to one. Pelicans sixteen to one. Everybody longer than twenty to one from there. Um, the this was Portland minus 500, I believe, yesterday, maybe the day before, not that long ago, though. So, obviously, this has moved, uh, since there's been more conversation about him. Funny how those teams just reflect the teams he was asked about. It's almost like the market with this kind of thing has no idea what they're doing and is just throwing teams up there. So, uh, yeah, or, or, or you know, or betters who just hear that comment like and right. run to bet that one team. Yeah, I'm making the uh, joke because a lot of people will, you'll see soon. Vegas thinks that Damian Lillard's gonna go to like, I'm like, no, it's not the case. I, I mean, the other part of it too is like the is the I mean, Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard have been linked to the Miami Heat for what the past nine years. You know what I mean? Like ever since, or whatever, whenever LeBron left, seemingly Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard have been linked to the, to the Miami Heat every single year. Every year. We'll see. And, hey man, I, I know nobody who regularly listens to this podcast or at least recently believes this, but I actually am a Heat guy. I would love to see <laughs> Damian Lillard on the Heat. Are you kidding me? The, oh, dude, him or on, on Miami or on, uh, on Philly, either one. Be amazing. It'd be an interesting, it'd be an interesting uh, combo. That'd be for sure. Uh, here on Miami, I mean, that'd be great on uh, with the heat culture. Uh, mm-hmm. He'd be great there. He'd be absolutely fantastic. Uh, all right. With that, uh, NBA and guess, finals. And guess what, John? But, Real quick. If that actually happened, I won't bet the Hawks to win that division next season. Huh? That's How right. about there we go? For you, Andy. That's for you, bro. I still, I still might. I still might. <laughs> <You> still might. <laughs> God, I like Quinn Snyder. I think he's a good coach. I, there's signs. There's signs. I'll tell you that much. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's play that game because everybody wants to trade Trey Young. How about that one? I can't do that. I don't have the bandwidth <laughs> with that one. Like I, because and this is why I love like reporting offseason reporting. Did you see this one report on um on the the Lakers? And it was like the Lakers have had internal discussions about tr- thinking about trading Trey for Trey Young. And I'm like, what? What is that? What does that report I, I, even I, I, mean? I saw that one. I mean, the we we really took the Kyrie uh, the Kyrie story and ran with it of him trying to oh, lure LeBron to Dallas. I refuse. Like, I refuse. Yeah, like no, but no, that's never going to happen. People work through the financials of that and let me know how the hell that happens. Yeah, first off, he needs to be traded for like, like ugh, I just I can't I can't with what assets with what <laughs> assets are the Dallas Mavericks trading for LeBron James? They were tanking the last two games of the regular season so they could have a chance at the tenth overall pick, so they could do something to scrape out of their meager cupboard of assets to trade for something in the off season. Yeah. But yeah, they're going to go get LeBron James. All right, let's I, I can't, I can't. trade Luca. Just, and then it'll be, it'll be Kyrie and LeBron. And also that, right. It's like, like, even if let's get beyond the, even if you go past the ridiculous, what would need to happen for a trade like that, you're telling me LeBron James, Luca Doncic are playing on the and Kyrie are playing all the same team together. Yeah. I, I got to work out well. Yeah. Mm, yeah. All right. <laughs> I can't. 
So with that, game game three is later tonight. We'll take this one's going to be a short one. So let's take a quick break. Uh, on the other side, we'll get to game three. The lines are moving, baby, and the market Woo. seems to be in on the Denver Nuggets. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Kelly, are you surprised that we are up to minus three here as of about noon Las Vegas time. Absolutely not. They're the better team. People are betting the better team. Wow. Seems cocky. Seems arrogant almost. <laughs> I, I, hey, you, you know where I'm at already in this game. <laughs> uh, I say that I don't have a single bet. No, I, I don't have a, I don't have a bet on them tonight at all. Like this is, but I believe that's what it is. Like, don't you tell me I'm wrong. People I mean, still, still be people. The vast majority of people still think this Miami Heat team is not that great of a team. And they're coming in to bet the other side every chance they get. The, um, the other day when I was filling in on LeBar, or excuse me on, um, that's what I was on today. Uh, what's the uh, Patrick John show? Sharp money. Sharp money. John has Dude. no idea what shows he's on these days. Man, he he well, there's so many. so many of them. Like, there's so many <laughs> different ones, and I just I can't do it. Well, also, you feel I don't it know. more than anybody. So, yeah, and I also I'm so tired that I, I just I feel like my brain is like half moving right now. Um, so I was on Sharp Money, and Fezic something that Fezic said stuck with me, which is that you know, as he put it, Sharp betters and Steve Fezic professional betters should give him his credentials for mm-hmm. those who don't know. Um. He mentioned that, you know, sharp betters are playing these systems, which is like zigzag, which is team down to all these things. And, and throughout this postseason, been working. So maybe this is just a blind play on the zigzag by the market. Nuggets cover game one. Miami comes back, covers game two. Nuggets now back here in game three. I think to your point, Kelly, like I, they're the better team. I think the market's kind of in line with that. This number would still dictate a, uh, a spread of where we were at for the first two games. So it's not a far cry, right? right? Going yeah. from two and a half to three. Uh, from where Which, we were at the beginning of the series. Real quick, I just want to seize on that real quick because you and I have have I I mean I think covered the line moves from game to game throughout these playoff series, uh, very in depth. We've pointed out when we thought there was, or not when we thought, when we know there was a major jump from one game to the other. Like you just said, this one is right in line. I've been hearing some people kind of like surprise this number is where it's at. I'm like this. 
this is right in line with what you would expect the move to be from game two to game three, at least for me. I mean, we're talking about what, about a six, six and a half point move right now yep. from what it was at from game two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three points for home court. If you're basing it off that, well, that's six points right there. Maybe a little bit more than three points for home court and you get to six and a half. Yep. No. So we're right where we should be. Um, so I'm not really surprised by this. I do think that with better defensive play, the Nuggets will be able to get back into this and, and win this series, take back home court. The, the defensive play was front and center for them um, on Sunday. Their defensive play was terrible. Yep. Michael Porter Jr. and the miscommunications defensively. KCP was there fouling the crap out of everybody and also miscommunicating on switches. Christian Brown eliminated all goodwill that he had in terms of some of his energy plays. You know, classic white player off the bench stuff by miscommunicating a lot defensively. <laughs> yeah, he's great. And, you know what I mean? He's Dude, like, if, like, he's one of like the be- premier examples of that stuff too. You're oh, like, bro. wow, what a great energy guy. And yep. then you're like, what the hell was he doing on that play? What are you doing? Yeah, like if you look up white basketball player, like a, a video <laughs> of Christian Brown should just be there. Like, yeah, like you said, peak energy guy, doesn't do a lot with the ball, just like is out there running around as fast as he can. I, I got to go least... back to that KCP thing real quick. I, I got to yeah. pull, pull this back up. His six fouls in game two resulting in the Heat making 13 of 14 free throws. Outside yep. of the KCP fouls, the Heat made five of six. Six it's, free throws. It's crazy. So I, I think I, I actually, I'm with you. I don't really lean strongly one way or the other. I will say that in game tonight, if Denver becomes an underdog at some point, yep. dep- depending on the scenario, right? Yeah. You know, if, not if they become an underdog with like two minutes left, obviously. Uh, but like if, yeah, if they become an underdog at any point tonight, I think that's going to be a, a spot to jump on them. Um, for me, Kelly, and I wrote about this today, which you can find up on the website, decent.com is a headline story right now. Ooh, I, I think the story, uh, the story is for this series and this game. Thanks for reading, man. Uh, has been the total. Mm-hmm. The total for me has been what to look at here. You have two games, two distinct outcomes. Uh, one game went well under one game went over. Notice I don't use an adjective there to describe how it went over. Um, and dude, how about the pace on, on Sunday? I th- We had a total of 86 possessions in game yeah. two in this NBA finals. One of my favorite stats that I looked up when I was like digging through for some stuff on this. If the game had been played at the pace that the fourth quarter was played, Kelly, the game would have had a grand total of 78 possessions. This game was a slog, Mm -hmm. especially in the fourth quarter. But what happens in the fourth quarter? He'd have the highest offensive rating we've seen in a single quarter this season, 180. The Nuggets actually had an offensive rating of 131.6. How about that? You had in that, again, to tell people, the fourth quarter pace, if that had been extrapolated out over the course of four quarters, the game would have had 78 possessions. That's walking the ball up and down the court using every second of the shot clock and still combined for over 60 points in that fourth quarter. That's absolute insanity. Mm-hmm. And the, the game barely went over the total. I think it went over by like, what, two and a half points, three and a half points, uh, if that on Sunday. So, yeah, so I think, points. right, yeah. So like, I, I think for me and why I wrote about it this morning, the story is the total. It opened 216 and a half for game three. It's down to 214 and a half. And as I put it in the write-up today, Kelly, the, the pace for Miami is intentional. If you look at this now, first off, the zone slows everything down. We know that. When you play a yeah, zone, yeah. it's going to slow things down. It's going to be forced to extend stuff out. If you look at their transition frequency off of live rebounds, game two, they were even slower. Only 4% of their live rebounds led to a transition play the other way. So now they're at 7% for the series. 
it, it, we're going to get this same pace. These are two slow paced teams. They don't think we're going to get the same efficiency on offense. I think I wholeheartedly agree with the market here. I bet under two fifteen. I, I think that we're we're going under for the game. I like I mean, the under two JVT. If I had to play anything side total in this game before the game started, that's where I would go as well. Uh, I agree. I think he gave a great breakdown in game two. That's the way to look at it. I think there's even some disguising uh, in the pace a little bit, a little bit faster than it really is because the Heat are looking to at least beat them in transition when they have those opportunities, as they should be, because as you brought that up since the beginning of the playoffs with Denver. That's the one part to beat them in defensively is off those live rebounds, off the turnovers, get in transition, and try to score quickly on offense. So we've seen Miami, I think, offensively, have a really good feel for that tempo, right? It's either it's go fast when you feel like you can beat them. Otherwise, we're dragging you right down into the muck and playing this as slow as possible, keep it close, get into that fourth quarter, and we've seen what the Miami Heat have been able to do to teams time after time in the fourth quarter. So I, I'm with you, man. I, th- I I don't know why that game plan would change for Miami tonight. Um, and really the only, t- the only thing I think that's going to change that is if Denver forces them out of that. And it's – I, I don't really know if I see that happening. So, yeah, I'm with you. If pregame five playing things, I told it would be the under. I will be looking to get in live on the under. Hopefully, hot shooting uh, first quarter from both sides or something like that, and I can get in. Any player props that you like? You know what? I did end up firing on one. You going back to the well with our guy, Michael Porter Jr.? Well, yeah. You know what? When when All, all I'm doing this time, JVT, is the double-double. But when you go from when you go from plus – that was priced, I think I bet it at plus 270 last game. Plus 270, and then after that game, it goes all the way up to plus 390. I'm like, all right, fine. Like, I still I still see a path to how this plays out. Like, this guy is still has the length. He still is going to get the minutes. He's still, because he's got to shoot the ball, because they're playing such a tight rotation, he's still going to get the minutes. If this guy did not get it burned into his brain that he has to play with more effort if he's going to stay in here. I mean, I think we get we see a much more aggressive Michael Porter Jr. Like in the in the easiest way that translates is with rebounds, right? It's the effort plays to go get the boards. So then I got if he gets double digit boards, okay, all I got to do is get into double digit points, and you're telling me I'm almost getting four to one on that. Yeah, I took a piece of that. I took a piece of that. I'm, I'm shying away from the rest. I'm not playing the over over on his threes or anything like that. Yes, he's been terrible so far. I'm not going to go really heavy on that, but on something almost four to one, I'm, I bet it's small. Yeah, I think the only thing that stuck out to me, uh, Jokic point total is up from 27 and a half for the first two games to 28 and a half. By the way, 21 point lead for leading scorer for the series after game two. So right, Jokic, <laughs> yeah, well, Jokic well in the driver's seat there uh, in terms of three point makes. Gabe Vincent, the leader by four makes. He's got nine compared to five for both Jamal Murray and Kyle Lowry. How about that? That's Ooh. kind of a, a, a little bit of an upset of Lowry will be able to pull that off, but there's a little bit of a gap there. Rebounds, our guy, um, Michael Porter Jr., only three rebounds off the lead. Bam out of bio in first, only a one rebound lead over Jokic. And uh, how about this? The uh, If I were to tell you, Jokic, because remember, they have all these props up before the series, yep. not the series leader in assists so far through two games. Do you know who it is? Mm, Gabe Vincent? Jamal Murray. Okay. Jamal's got that 20. That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, I was wondering yeah. how tricky you were trying to get with me. <laughs> I, I phrased it like that. But I, I so I bring those all up just to re, you know, recap for audience because I know that there are some people who have uh, some props in those markets. Also, just worth pointing out with Jokic. That, is that, one's, that one's interesting, though, John, because we're, what are you talking? How many assists does Jamal Murray have? 
I mean, Jokic, if Jokic is two, where you only had four assists last game. Yeah, he tw- he's got twenty. Okay, so like I don't like that might be a, if you wanted to get I don't can you get involved in these markets like yeah I, I don't think they're let me see let's see I actually thought you could the one I wanted to point while you're looking for that the one I wanted to point out is those the head to head player props I think you and I looked we did we did a segment on dude those Saturday. are cool huh you're kind of hooked on those huh oh my god I'm freaking hooked I'm completely hooked like there are there are multiple in this game tonight I would bet that DraftKings has up like if we could I would totally bet these uh what was the one I really liked hold on. That's the other one. They got so many dang good options. Gabe Vincent one. No, I'm going to let this sit. I'm going to let this marinate. Oh, Gabe Vincent over Aaron. There it is. Yeah, that's what it was. Gabe Vincent, and I think this is moved even. This is moved in Gabe Vincent's direction. I think it was like, I think it was a half point when uh, Kill and I were talking about this this morning. Two and a half, I'd still lay it. Two and a half, Gabe Vincent minus two and a half over Aaron Gordon. I'm playing that. Okay. Um, We do have stat leaders still up. Okay. So finals leader for total points, minus 1,600. Nikola Jokic, the favorite. Uh, finals leader in total assists, Nikola Jokic, minus 1,100. So J- Jamal Murray with the lead in assists is the 650 underdog. Okay. Total rebounds. How about this? Bam at a bio in first place, but he is plus 425. Jokic, yeah. minus 800. Yeah. That's, and, I, I, think that one's, I think that one's priced... If anything, if anything, it's too it, it, it's not it's not heavy enough on Jokic. And uh, total threes made. Gabe Vincent is the odds-on favorite at minus one seventy. Jamal Murray plus one seventy. Michael Porter Jr. plus nine fifty. And the guy also tied for second, four makes back. Kyle Lowry, one hundred to one. How many? How how far back is Murray? Uh, Murray is. Three point makes. He is four back. He and he and uh, Kyle Lowry both have five made three pointers okay. to nine for Gabe Vincent. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna respect Gabe there. I, I thought at first I was gonna say maybe there's a play on Jamal Murray there, but now, now, man, one of the greatest Miami Heat players of all time. Four up on Jamal Murray. I don't know if I can buy if I can buy in on that. I, I don't know. I, I know you think uh, you you thought the price was short on on Jokic to lead in rebounds, correct? Minus eight hundred. Yeah, dude, he's gonna keep gobbling those things up, man. I mean, so I think so is Bam out of bio though, and he's he's got. I mean, again, it's only a one rebound lead, so it could get evaporated tonight. But yeah, that's interesting. Either way, in a good spot here with Jokic in terms of the total points made, the to- uh, total scoring, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. to lead the series in three point makes. Attempts have been there, makes have not. Uh, all right, who's your uh, who's your finals? If you had to make a finals MVP uh, bet right now, what are you betting? I'm getting the face from JVT that he's sick of being asked this question. He's no, because because times. here's the thing: it's it's the Caleb Martin effect. Because I'm very upset about Caleb Martin still losing out on that. Yeah. Um, it, 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 what's funny is I I have I have no interest. Just to be, in full transparency, I I don't think there's a bet to be made on the board right now. I I really I really feel that way. But like Gil was pressing me on this, where like he, I think Bam should have like his odds. I I don't oh. understand. I don't understand why he's shorter than Jimmy Butler besides yep. that what you just brought up, right? Right. But like I, it, do we really do we really view Jimmy Butler as that much of a bigger name than Bam out of bio? Well, here's here's my thing. It's it's just it, you've played two games already. Jimmy Butler's been absent in both of them. But the question is if the Heat go on to win the series, how much of a role is Jimmy Butler going to play and will they I mean clearly they don't count non like absent games, you know what I mean because Eastern Conference Finals, right? He was yeah. absent for three of those the, the three losses, and that didn't matter uh, at all. Um, so I would say, because I'm jaded with what happened with Caleb Martin 
I think Jimmy Butler's going to win. But if you were to ask me to vote for somebody right now, for the Miami Heat side specifically, it's it's clearly obviously between Gabe Vincent and Bam at a bio. Yeah, and, it's Bam and then Gabe Vincent one two. And I think Bam, yeah, one and two, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I betting wise, I don't. If you forced me to make a bet right now, it would just be scooping a piece of Jamal Murray at forty to one because I don't see any value on the three short guys. Yeah, at Jokic minus Jokic minus two sixty five, Butler plus four seventy five, Bam at a bio plus five fifty. And I would say too, Jokic. It's going to be hard too because Jokic's the performance in the first two games. I mean. If the yeah. superstar performs well in a loss, it counts. If a superstar doesn't perform well in a loss, then it doesn't count. And that's how it's just it's, it's how it works. It's how exactly. it works. Uh, all right, Kelly. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Nah, man. I got nothing. Good luck to uh, everybody on their bets. Hopefully, we get a good game tonight. This uh, man, have you checked the schedule? This series. I, I know we got a game on Friday, but then it slows down. There's no game all weekend. Really? Yeah. The next game's Monday. It's I every guess they three travel. I don't know. That's yeah. yeah that's lame. That's I thought the, they were. Go- I thought they they hit a point where they went back to back, or like every two days, though. Yeah, that's not- what I thought too. But I guess this is just it right here, and then who knows? Because they travel yeah. so much, they give gotta gotta give them two days in between. Uh, all right, yeah. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we will be back tomorrow to recap what happens in the NBA Finals Game Three. We're also inching closer to the NBA draft. We'll have more of those intelligence reports as the days go along as well. And I have to hit on that later in the week because we did have some after I wrote and after a. Uh, a well-known personality released some NBA draft plays. It had a lot of movement in the market. We can update as well as some new props that are up in the NBA draft market. That'll come up later in the week. Till then, like, rate, review, subscribe, and check out everything you have to offer up at vcin.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on Hardwood Handicapped. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.